This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Look right down any crowded hall. You'll see there's a beauty standing. Is she really everywhere or a reflection? One always calls out to you. The other's shy and quiet. Could there be two different girls who look the same at Sweet Valley, Sweet Valley High? Sweet Valley, Sweet Valley High? Welcome to Pi Beta Alpha, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of the Sweet Valley High TV series, episode by episode. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And I'm sort of out of COVID jail. Sorry we weren't here last week. Oh, uh, <laughs> poor Anna. <laughs> I am still testing positive, but I'm over the worst, for, hmm. I think, touch wood. So yes, now we've both been stricken by the plague. It was only we've a matter of time. Both got caught. Yeah, stupid COVID does actually come for us all, unfortunately. <laughs> I know. Two and a half years in, practically. And... Uh, <sighs> I finally fallen, but mm. luckily we had Sweet Valley to uh, to to entertain us. And uh, this episode, I think I always thought I was having a fever dream because yeah. it's, <laughs> it's deeply peculiar. It's very strange. Uh, yeah, I can see how that might not be the best thing to watch when you're in a bit of a, <laughs> a fugue state <laughs> with feverish COVID symptoms. But uh, you know, you're a soldier and you powered through. So fair play to you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Well, we begin this episode in the Moon Beach. And I guess two Bruce too was still the manager. I guess, yeah. I mean, you know, we appreciate continuity. Um, I just don't know how much I loved that in the first place, that he's suddenly mm. like running the Moon Beach. Doesn't really make sense. Uh, no. But yeah, he's got an announcement to make to the uh, to the assembled group and uh, reveals that he's installed what is essentially like a Zoltar machine from Big, yeah. uh, <laughs> except it's Leona. <laughs> Yes, my notes say oh, Bruce to Bruce to unveils his big style yeah. machine. <laughs> yes, exactly. Snap. <laughs> well, everyone's very impressed as he demonstrates uh, its powers and uh, the fortune that he gets is you will make a lot of money. And uh, it turns out it's it's accurate. Well, it is. He kind of self-fulfilled that one because it turns out he's rigged the machine to take four quarters instead of one. So he's just going to happily rip off everybody that has a go to get a fortune. <laughs> and he said this out loud. I mean, I don't know how gullible the Sweet Valians are where they will go along with this uh, this racket. But, um, <laughs> he's, like, there's no bones about the fact they're being cheated. Uh, but while Manny and Enid are extremely excited at this new toy, Jess and Lila are not. Oh, they're most unimpressed. Yeah, they come sauntering into the moon beach and are just absolutely uninterested in this. Mm. Uh, Lila asks why he didn't get something useful like a sauna. Uh, well, I mean, why not? Because this, <laughs> it's a very chaotic uh, business he's running here. Uh, Manny gets a fortune saying, you will know the truth when it walks into your bedroom with the seashell. And uh, he's confused about what this means. And Bruce says it means he's been watching too many flipper reruns, which makes no sense either as a joke, as a jibe. No, surely, if anything, it, they could have called back to like his Gilligan's Island <laughs> <laughs> dreams or whatever was happening back at the start of the series when he kept like seeing Enid as characters from it or whatever that was. Um, or, you know, someone holding a seashell feels more like, yeah, something island based rather than mm. a show Flipper. about a dolphin. But there you yes. go. <laughs> Well, Winston's future is blank. Oh, poor Winston. Yeah, Jessica's like, mm, I could have told you that for a dollar. <laughs> Edith has a go and she thinks her future or her fortune is quite accurate because she's told a visitor will shower her with gifts and she thinks she knows who that visitor is. 
Yeah, hilariously named Aunt Jezebel apparently <laughs> is coming and uh, has a habit of always bringing loads of presents for Enid, uh, which she reckons is guilt over the fact that she put her hamster on a rinse cycle before. So, oh, <laughs> well, well uh, Cheryl is there and as usual, she's not impressed by the latest Sweet Valley craze. And rather brilliantly, she says if she wanted to waste her money, she'd buy a wardrobe like Lila's. Oh my god, this was so mean, but it was funny. But you know, it was also like, damn, Cheryl, that was so uncalled for. I thought you guys were getting along. But you know, she delivered it well, so I can't complain too much. <laughs> she did. Well, uh, Jessica and Bruce, or Jessica and, and Lila are finally tempted to give the machine a go when Bruce offers them a free fortune each. But they don't like what they read. No, theirs are very ominous. Um, Lila's one reads, uh, doom is around the corner. Uh, and Jessica's one says, that which you love will be destroyed. So they're both a little bit like, what the fuck is this? Uh, and Bruce then points out uh, to Jessica, well, you are in love with yourself. So I guess that means your history. <laughs> but, you know, in his usual fucking charmless way. <laughs> oh, my God. Is, yeah, is charmless and d- sort of wooden and very stilted. Yeah. He's like how they thought they were getting an improvement over old Bruce is just baffling. It really baffling. makes no sense. But like, I feel like the thing with Bruce as well, like in this series, they've kind of made him an outsider. Like we had kind of established a little gang, I feel like, in yes. the first series. And now it's like he's not really part of the group anymore. He's just kind of like... The adversary in each episode, which, yeah, is the kind of Bruce vibe sometimes, but he's also part of the gang and they're they are a group and it just doesn't feel like that anymore now. It's a shame. Yeah. And also he seems to have a full time job as a diner manager. (laughs) Does he go to school anymore? Who even knows? (laughs) He's too busy. I don't know, going around to trade shows, buying fortune telling machines. Buying random shit at auctions. Who knows? (laughs) Well, Lila and Jess run off to get their eyelashes tinted and uh, we cut to the pool room where Todd is uh, shooting some, I don't know, shooting some balls? What do you say? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) When a boy with enormous trousers comes in and asks for some carrot juice. Oh my God. Did you recognise this guy though? Because he was in, he's the guy that was in um, Felicity and... What?! Yeah, he was in Scrubs as well. He was Elliot's boyfriend in Scrubs. Scott Speedman. Is that what his name was? No, I don't think, don't know if that's what's... Oh, I looked him up and I was like, yeah, he's... See, I wouldn't have really watched Felicity, but I knew his face when I saw him. Um, Oh, so I would but have it seen was Then and Noel were, oh, um, were then Felicity's bows. Okay, if Noel is like the other guy, <laughs> then it's probably him because he did, like, I would have known him from Scrubs as Sean. He was Elliot's boyfriend in it. I'm looking him up. <laughs> Noel, <laughs> Felicity. Because he's always turning up with other J.J. Abrams things. Okay. No. Scott Foley is yes, the actor. That's the guy, yeah. What? Hmm. Yeah, but like it, it's him just with a little baby face and giant trousers, like you said. God, it, so it is. See, I was always a Ben person, but I do remember <laughs> now. <laughs> I did not recognize him. This isn't even all that much longer before, uh, you know, that's, I think Felicity would have started. Yeah, Felicity started in 1998. Yeah, and well, this would have so, been so early. seven. Uh, no, I think we're talking no. 95. Yeah, there he is in Scrubs. I'm looking at his IMDb page. <laughs> um, a, oh, he's in Dawson's Creek as well. Sweet Valley High. There you go. Yeah, he oh made the rounds of the God. teen shows for settling into his uh, <laughs> felicityness. <laughs> Good Lord. Well, I was watching it on my phone, so that makes sense. Fair, that yeah. I wouldn't necessarily recognize him. And I was distracted by his uh, giant uh, pantaloons. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, Noel from Felicity, as he, as he would have been to me if I had recognised him on the tiny screen, um, does not get the carrot juice he asks for because two Bruce too, so he'll give him the next best thing, cherry cola. What? I, I, I don't know. I guess it's a fruit rather than a vegetable, but even then it's tenuous at best. Yeah, I don't know. Like, do they not have orange juice at least? But... Guess not, yeah. Well, Bruce likes uh, Noel's style. <laughs> yeah, so he's wearing um, a t-shirt with, it's like a Kenya t-shirt or something, and he asks what he was doing over there. Uh, and it turns out 
Noel slash <laughs> some guy from the pool <laughs> hall uh, was over there with the Peace Corps. Um, and then Bruce is like, oh, yeah, my family was there on safari. And this guy is like, yeah, there's nothing like toughing it out in the wild, you know, living off the land. And he's kind of going on about how great it was being over there and like sleeping a stone's throw from elephants. And then Bruce is like, yeah, but having to wait like 20 minutes for a pina colada, disaster. <laughs> My, oh, you just imagine what sort of loathsome tourist Bruce was in his Kenyan safari. Oh, that dude's a big game hunter for sure. Yeah. Oh my oh. god, the worst of them, like yeah. in a pit helmet or something. <laughs> well, on the other side of the room, Todd is making a big fucking mess. Oh my god, yeah, he kind of gets Bruce's attention because he wants a refill for his coke or whatever. He's also very clearly sick of listening to Bruce. Um, But uh, Bruce then is like, Todd, like, what are you doing with all those napkins? Are you trying to bankrupt me? Because there is literally a oh. mountain of napkins and mess behind Todd. What and he kind of looks... Like, it's why is it literally, so messy? What does he act like? It's literally just him. I don't know what he's doing. But Todd kind of has this, like, smile like he's getting one over on Bruce um, so when Bruce kind of heads off in a bit of a huff he's like oh Patman's such a tightwad but uh, this guy is like he's right you know he shouldn't use so much paper um, so he kind of puts Todd in his place like he's kind of annoying but he is yeah. right he is he says you should think of the trees and I thought we were going to get some continuity with environmentalist Todd but no oh no this Todd doesn't give a <laughs> shit about the trees <laughs> This Todd, if he saw a fucking dolphin or a whale, he would punch it in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Noel says, nice to meet you, and walks off to get his cherry cola. And Todd says, aloud, that guy's really annoying. But Bruce says he likes him. Uh, Bruce also calls him Mr. Tree Killer, which I did find very funny. (laughs) And fair enough. He is, clearly. He's making bits of the place, like... Well, Liz comes in, and it turns out that Noel is actually called Zach, and he's Liz's date. Yeah, or at least he's there to be interviewed mm. by her. But he brought her a book, uh, and she's delighted. Uh, apparently, it's um, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, and she's all excited and says, "Oh my god, I've wanted to read this for ages." And Todd, like quite rudely, because he's on the other fucking side of the room, oh is not god, part it's of this so conversation. Rude. It's and, so like, rude. This doesn't concern you, Todd. Shut up. But he just kind of like half yells across at her. He's like, "Oh, that's ridiculous. You don't even own a bike." Uh, and sh- instead of telling him to fucking you know, butt out has nothing to do with him. She's like, um, she explains that it's actually a, a book about a man's philosophy. And Todd's like, well, I'd rather read a book on Needlepoint. Like literally who asked you, Todd, shut up and play your pool, will you? He's so <laughs> obnoxious, just sticking his nose in. And I mean, yeah. I know they set up that Zen, like they chose Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance so Todd could show what a ignorant boor he is. <laughs> but it is a very authentic book for a pretentious teenager to read because I read it when I was about that age. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I knew that I'd heard the title before and figured it was some kind of self-helpy thing. Um, or that it's was more a sort of a hippie okay, philosophy right. book. Oh, gotcha. Would okay. be very much the sort of thing that like pretentious uh, teens in know, the Peace Corps would read. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Like I, I got hold of what had been my uncle's copy from the sixties. That's oh, right, the, uh, okay. the edition that I uh, claimed as a teenager. <laughs> so um, yes, it was. Uh, it, it 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 did actually ring quite true. Mm. Uh, and Zach says he learned a lot from it. And he and Liz head off to a booth in the main part of Moon Beach where she asks him about his work in the rainforest. So where hasn't he been? He's been to Kenya. He's been to the. Some rainforest, we don't know what country. <laughs> Unspecified rainforest. Again, this is the kind of vibe that usually Todd has in the books. Like he very recently was caring a lot about rainforests. Now he's fucking trashing napkins and <laughs> making a massive mess. So story, Todd. <laughs> well, while they're, uh, while she's she's getting down to her interview, who should come in with the, but Lila and Jessica? And they're not looking too, uh, too sharp. No, they're absolutely covered head to toe in mud, like all over their faces, all over their clothes. It's very funny, though, when they walk in because the, there's a kind of like a small crowd gathered, you know, to, to react mm. to this. And Winston looks so delighted. Like, I don't know, did you catch this? But he <laughs> is absolutely <laughs> beaming, like about to break his whole laughing and is even doing this like 
perfect sign, you know, the kind of okay sign with his hand because he's just loving every second <laughs> of this. And I just got such a kick out of his reaction. It was so good. <laughs> well, um, Vanny and Enid look uh, delighted as well. And when Jessica or Liz tries to introduce the girls to Zach, uh, Jessica's just like, yeah, whatever. Because um, they're more interested in getting another fortune. And they uh, they get some quite mysterious statements from the machine this time. Yeah, this is it. Because, yeah, I think Bruce is kind of like, oh, well, your fortunes came true now because there's something about, you know, destruction or whatever. And now yeah. all their clothes and shoes are ruined. So, yeah, they, they kind of storm off to the machine and like shove people out of their way <laughs> to get a new fortune. And uh, Lila's one says you were about to be burned. Mm. Uh, and Jessica's one says you will be spurned by a man on a red horse. So, yes, oh. very mysterious fortunes here. Hmm. Well, Liz is continuing her interview with Zach because, yeah, apparently it is an interview and she suggests they go somewhere quieter and Zach reveals he'd like to go on an actual date with her. Dinner and bowling. Oh my God. And of course, Todd like walks in and just like stands there watching all of this happen <laughs> like the fucking rude man that he is. Um, oh. So yeah, he's clearly very um, uh, jealous and unhappy about this whole situation but again like none of this concerns you Todd like yeah. go away <laughs> but oh yeah it's all God. very like he very kind of loudly like asks Liz out on this date and says he'll pick mm-hmm. her up at half eight and all this so Todd uh, Todd sees all and is most unhappy by the whole thing surprise surprise so uh it's uh we we cut to I guess it's date night mm. Jessica is wearing a very of its time a uh, stripy tight stripy uh, t-shirt and an a-line skirt which mm. yeah an outfit I might have worn around this Ooh. period and she's giving out because her curling iron is broken and it must be the you know the fortune <laughs> machine is somehow bringing her bad fortune but Liz points out it's not plugged in yeah, yeah. she's like, look, these fortunes are messing with your head. These things are just a coincidence and you just need to get a grip. Well, Jessica says that the fortune was, is just too specific because, uh, you know, she's everything's going wrong for her. Um, and she failed a test today. And this says that that's not, you know, that isn't a, a magic fortune. Usually, <laughs> anybody, yeah, anybody could have predicted she was going to fa- fail the test because apparently she needs to study and not at nine inch nails concerts like Jessica's I, going to fucking I'm nine inch nails. Sorry, that girl is nowhere near <laughs> nine inch nails concert. Like my notes here just say, "Excuse me, the song closer <laughs> simply does not exist in Sweet Valley." Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I want to fuck you like an animal. <laughs> it's just not even <laughs> no fucking way do any of these teens know nine inch nails. I'm not having it. <laughs> well, bow down before the one you serve. You're gonna get what you deserve. <laughs> I could see them putting that in the montage. <laughs> oh Christ. That would be quite the montage. <laughs> Well, Jessica says that as as well as, I don't know, spending her nights at Nine Inch Nails concerts, <laughs> she's also got a zit, which is, you know, normal for most people, but not for her. And then the icing on the cake of awfulness, her date rings. Oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, he's got news. <laughs> yeah, this guy, Kevin, cancels his date with Jessica because his grandmother, uh, I guess, broke her leg or something. Uh, so mm. Jessica is absolutely freaked by this revelation because no one has ever cancelled a date with her. So this is <sighs> absolutely out of the ordinary stuff for someone like Jessica. And then she puts together that Kevin uh, apparently drives a red Mustang. and She's <gasps> been spurned by him, which means her <gasps> fortune has ridiculously specifically come true. <laughs> a man on a red horse. So Zach arrives wearing a puff, puffy shirt, like in that famous Seinfeld episode. It is enormous. <laughs> Yesterday it was his giant trousers. Now he's got this capacious shirt. But before he can say a word, Lila barges past and she's not looking her best. Oh, Lila, this was very funny, actually, because Liz, literally, the doorbell funny. rings. Uh, Liz opens the door and she's like, oh, hey, Zach. And then Lila just like smashes in through the doorway <laughs> in an absolute panic. Her hair is a state. Uh, and Jessica is like, oh, my God, what's wrong? So apparently there was some disaster when she 
was getting her perm and I was like perm no Lila come on now yeah, <laughs> in the, no in way the books, did she get a perm they, no I think they I think she did in the books you know for a bit I know Liz definitely did but I feel like there was some mention of Lila getting a perm or something like that and kind of when we were like what is happening here but anyway perms are a thing in the book I guess yes but like this Lila getting a perm I'm not having that I don't buy no, that no no but anyway, uh, there was, yeah, there was some disaster. So like her hairdresser got into a row with somebody else while she was getting this perm and her hair got fried, basically. And she's like, my fortune said I'd be burned. And now it's come true. <gasps> so, uh, yes, it's it seems that the the fortune machine is, I don't do they think the fortune machine is causing their woes or is it just accurately predicting bad things happening to them? I mean, they don't seem to, there's not really a specific you know, cause and effect thing mm. going on here. Um, I'm not sure. Did they think that like none of these things would have happened if the fortune machine had not, you know, foretold? Yeah, them. yeah it's like the fortune is is making them happen. Yeah, I'm not sure what the what kind of causation they're coming at it with, but there you go. <laughs> they're not well, happy. <laughs> Lila has a method uh, to of, of combating this ill fortune. Uh, she's got lots of lucky shit. <laughs> <laughs> She has a bag of supplies and pulls things out one by one. Uh, so she's got a horseshoe, which she kind of takes mm-hmm. out and just like literally fires it across the room. <laughs> quite dangerous. She's got a bag of four leaf clovers flown in from Ireland. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Shout out to us. <laughs> Our famed uh, export of four you leaf know, clovers. Yeah, I'm sure. Why not? Uh, <laughs> and rabbit's feet. Uh, and at this stage, Zach chimes in and it's like, you realize a bunch of rabbits were killed for those. And Jessica's like, no, I thought they were hopping around on tiny crutches. So she's just (laughs) not interested in what Zach has to say at any point at all. Uh, see, it's it's. I think in the in the real, I was gonna say the real world, the book world, it would be Todd who would notice these things are cruel because Todd cares about whales and animals, he and nature. Does he really does? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the they also have a book of good luck things, I guess, um, and it says that they should rub a redhead, <laughs> and Jessica says they should call Christy Callahan. Now, now, I cannot believe wh- they've got a fake Irish name when there was an iconic redhead in Sweet Valley High just waiting to be named. Like, sorry. I mean, this was the perfect opportunity to drop in Caroline Pierce. It's ridiculous <laughs> that they didn't. That is literally what my notes say. <laughs> perfect opportunity for Caroline. Come on, justice for Caroline. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Well, I rather like at the moment when Lila suggests that she's a redhead, but Jessica says it only works on naturals. Oh, <laughs> Lila's so cute. She's like rubbing her own hair. She's like, what about me? <laughs> like, no, Lila, we've already established this is not your real hair colour. <laughs> well, we cut to the moon beach where a, sprawl, a smug two Bruce too is now charging $5 for fortunes. But Enid in a very authentic uh, tight baby doll tee over a long sleeved tight tee is uh, is happy to pay up and she's told she'll get an unexpected windfall. Yeah, this is it because it's like her, I think, and Winston and Manny kind of all walk by one by one and they're like, this is robbery, this is terrible. But then, of course, they all still pay to get their fortunes. They're all <laughs> like ridiculously, everyone's hooked on getting their fortunes. <laughs> so they're still going to do this. And uh, yeah, Enid gets her one about getting some money and Cheryl at this point kind of steps in in front of the machine and she's like, lads, enough. This is ridiculous. You're all <laughs> losing your minds. She says, look, take charge of your own lives and don't be told what to do by this ridiculous machine or horoscopes or psychics and Larry Slimani kind of jumps in here and he's like hey those psychics on the hotline are always standing by to help me (laughs) and Winston's like or just talk (laughs) (laughs) and Cheryl says you know you can't let these these things control your life and Winston says I have no life and then just goes hold me adorable <laughs> it is so Cheryl is laughing at him but says look Enid you're not you know this is just bullshit you're you're yeah. not gonna get like a surprise windfall but then yeah <laughs> ridiculously and I'm sure to Bruce's horror a whole bunch of change just like falls out of the machine like it's a slot machine and she's just won uh so there's yeah. coins everywhere and mm-hmm. her fortune came true immediately <laughs> of course Well, we cut to the bowling alley where Liz tells Zach that uh, she's having a really good time. This is her first, you know, she hasn't been going out on dates for Mm. for a while. And uh, as he offers her bowling tips in his 
poofy shirt and a <laughs> giant pendant, who should come in? A fucking Todd and a sort of own brand Liz. <laughs> like literally, it's Todd with this random blonde girl who looks kind of weirdly like the twins. Like, I don't know where they found this girl, but like, well done to that casting director because she looks just enough like the twins for this to be like, wow, yeah. she really is like a knockoff Liz. This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, when Liz sees this, uh, she is so horrified that as she's uh, about to, to throw her bowling ball, she ends up kind of like flinging it behind her. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm amazed no one got injured there, but somehow that happened. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, we, um, Todd, of course, and like, it's the fact that Todd is so surly and mm. obnoxious and charmless in this whole scenario. It's just like, they, they sort of showed a softer side of him a few weeks ago and he actually was likable. This and now is he's the just, thing. he's worse than ever. This is it. They actually did make us warm to Todd. Like he's got it in him to be kind of nice and friendly and actually fucking smile a bit and just, you know, not be a dick. And we did really come around on him for like one episode. And yeah, this is just has undone all of that good work because now we're just like, oh, God, this surly asshole again, really. And he's using this poor Amber girl. Like it's hmm. it's really like it's he's been a dick to her as well. True. Yeah, uh, this is it. Yeah, so like Liz wastes no time anyway. She's straight up to him and she's just like, what are you doing here? Why are you trying to ruin my date? Um, And Todd is all defensive. He's like, oh, no, I'm not. He's like, this coming here was Amber's idea. She's a pro bowler. And then poor Amber <laughs> comes up and she's like, how many pins do you have to knock over to get a home run? Because, <laughs> you know, if, if we thought Jess was, was a bimbo earlier, then oh. poor Amber is really being assigned to that role hard. <laughs> Worryingly so. <laughs> yeah. I do like her authentic uh, 90s uh, slip dress over a oh, uh, great, great dress. Yeah, lovely silver dress over like a short yes. sleeve white t-shirt. Fantastic look. Yeah, Very, very 90s. Mm. And then we get a bowling montage. <laughs> so good. Oh, God. I kind of, you know, the fact that we were not guaranteed montages anymore just makes them all the yes. more exciting when they pop up, I feel like. <laughs> That's true. I do get very happy when they start. Yeah, we were taking them for granted. This is on us. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we get a sort of a punk pop tune, slightly Mm. Green Day-esque, that's all about jealousy, jealousy. (laughs) And um, we see Todd ostentatiously put his arm around Amber. Dick move, Todd. You Mm -hmm. just don't, you know, that is not fair to her. Liz starts feeding Zach a burger. Oh God, this is so funny. Yeah, she's kind of feeding him like food off the plate. There's like, yeah, there's like a burger and there's chips. And then Todd kind of retaliates by feeding Amber a hot dog. But of course it kind of escalates immediately where Liz is like firing chips into um, into Zach's mouth. And then Todd is literally just like shoving this hot dog in Amber's face. And as my notes say, not a euphemism. He's literally shoving a hot dog in her face. <laughs> and poor Amber's like, ah! <laughs> Oh, she doesn't deserve this. No. And, uh, then Todd squirts uh, some mayo onto the the lane of the in of you know the bowl. I don't know what the bits of a bowling alley are called. Uh, so Zach will slip on it and slide down towards the pins, uh, where he is helped up by Amber, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where the montage ends. We cut to the moon beach, <laughs> where the. Clearly, the populace of Sweet Valley have been driven insane no, by fortunes. Yeah, it's like my notes are just like some guy in brackets Gary Busey vibes. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, he does! He, does. <laughs> he comes up to the counter to Bruce and he's just like, "I need money for the fortunes, man. How much for the watch?" And like pawns his watch to Bruce <laughs> so he can get his fortunes. And this man is pure manic eyes, oh, big he's teeth. Tweaking. Like, oh, he is not well at all. <laughs> like this poor guy. So yeah, the the people of Sweet Valley are fucking strung out on fortunes. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Bruce is delighted, gives him some change. And we're told that Winston uh, keeps getting blank fortunes. And Manny oh. is just getting nonsense, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Edith gets one and she's told there'll be a great new man in her life. And man is spelt with two N's. And Manny's like, my name is spelt with two N's. But Edith is just ridiculously clueless. 
passes some random boy called Lenny. And is like, Lenny, Lenny has two ends. And puts her attention on him. Now, I, where are we with the Manny and Enid situation? Because it's been going up it's been going down it's it's weird isn't it it's like sometimes they do address it properly where it's like Enid is you know a bit freaked out that they're so similar or spending so much time together or they had that really awkward hug that seemed like a cliffhanger and then kind of went nowhere so really all we've got so far is that Manny is clearly super into Enid Mm. and she's oblivious seems to be the gist but like we're kind of, yeah, we are all over the map in terms of awareness from Enid yeah. and if there's any progress happening here. But so far, yeah, it's just Manny kind of being more and more into her, it seems like, and her just not having a clue and not really having any interest in Manny. Except they did show at the, that episode with the hug, it looked like she realised he fancied her and mm. she was like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. And then the next thing we see, they're all like hanging out, co- you know, they're a little duo. That's but, it, yeah. It's really weird. Yeah, because it did seem like this was going to be kind of a big storyline nearly for Ina. It's like, how is she going to react now to this? Is yeah. it going to change their friendship? And it's kind of not really had any effect on it at all. Like, they do still just hang out, but Manny is very clearly mm. mad after her. Like, Aww. poor Manny. And Manny, a character who, as Bruce has become less likable, Manny mm. has become more likable. So there you go. Things in roundabouts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Lila and Jessica come in and they're in a state... Lila was told she drowned in luxury in the, her latest fortune because she can't stop giving it fucking money to get told these things. <laughs> this is it. You'd imagine if they just stopped getting the fortunes, the problems would be solved. But no, they're addicted. So <laughs> that's what's happening. But yes, her what was her fortune? Yeah, that you'd be drowning in luxury. And that her jacuzzi flooded. <gasps> oh my God. And Jessica's on crutches because she sprained her ankle tripping on a lucky horseshoe. Well, I'm not surprised because Lila did literally fire it across a room. So God knows where it ended. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> well, they're uh, they're vent- they're crawling or creeping towards the uh, the machine, but before they get there, Enid slips in and gets a good fortune uh, and Lila's like that's mine that's mine you stole my fortune and starts strangling her <laughs> this was hilarious well this is the thing because the fortune that Enid got which Lila feels like was hers was uh, in your time of need others will run to your rescue so yeah Lila then literally chases Enid around the moon beach like pins her to the pool table <laughs> and is strangling <laughs> her and then Manny's like I'll rescue you so again there's an immediate fortune coming true because everyone's coming to help Enid who is now being attacked by Lila for the fortune <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I am starting to wonder if this machine really is supernatural because mm. it's, it's getting uh, weird. <laughs> it is. Well, Cheryl is amused by all this chaos and um, is uh, yeah, she she. But then she sneaks round to the machine while everybody's distracted by this extremely dramatic scene <laughs> and gets a fortune that says, "You will waste your money on foolish things." And, <laughs> Edith Winston catches her in the act. This was very cute. Yeah. Uh, he was like, oh, <laughs> you know, kind of makes fun of her then for, for you know, buckling basically yeah. and getting her own fortune. And uh, Sharon is like, I thought it was a jukebox. Shut up. Leave me alone. <laughs> and kind of runs off. And again, because like, he just has chemistry with everybody. I was kind of like, oh, is something happening here between Winston and Cheryl? Again, he just has chemistry with a fucking brick wall because he's ridiculous. It's, it's true. And actually, like I was thinking again in this, epi- in this episode, Cheryl's delivery is just really, look, she's got a really nice sense of timing. Mm. Um, like it's, it's, it's a real shame that the actress doesn't seem to have done much on screen after this, like this, you know, her IMDb. Yeah. Um, doesn't show much because you know she's definitely got a spark oh for sure yeah well we cut to the other part of the moon beach where Enid has escaped from Lila's <laughs> clutches it literally took three guys to pull her off Enid <laughs> know, like she is strangling her she... it's scary <laughs> she's a woman in trouble yeah things are not going well for Lila well Lila goes over to Jessica and Bruce calls them Jessica the Jinx and Lila the Luckless oh no yeah so they've they've had enough of this uh, by now and, and they point out that they never had any problems before this machine came along and mm. we get some scheming music which we haven't had I feel like for a while I feel the same way yes it's uh, it's nice to see the uh, the old scheme team back, mm. in, back in action so we cut back to the bowling alley where Liz gives out to Todd for causing trouble and says that he's just jealous and she, he's me jealous. You spent the whole time looking at me, and they just 
sort of bicker and glare at each other. Uh, but so while they're bickering, Zack and Amber are getting cosy. Oh, they're really hitting it off in the background. Yeah, because as you say, they're just kind of snapping at each other and it's all, it's not that interesting, to be honest. But then, yeah, it cuts no. back to Zack and Amber and he's like admiring her dress and he's like, ooh, is that, is that a natural fabric? It's like, it is silver, you idiot. But uh, Amber is <laughs> like, no, really. it's, it's, she's like, no, it's lycra. I like it because I can wipe it clean. It's like, okay, Amber, what do you get up to? <laughs> it was, I was wondering about that. <laughs> but she, she likes his hair and she's like, oh, do you use mousse? And he's like, no. So they're really kind of having their own little chats in the background. Hmm. And, and seeming to, to get along quite well. Well, Liz and Todd are still fighting and eventually Todd says, I can't believe he's in love with someone like you. And then it's like, I mean, I can't believe I was in love with you. Oh my God. Mm. <laughs> we cut back to the moon beach. <laughs> Lila and Jess are letting themselves in in full Catwoman outfits. This is fucking (laughs) incredible. I think these like are my favourite outfits that we've had possibly since the Halloween episode. Like I just adored this so much. They're both in these like, yeah, like bandit eye masks. They're wearing berets and all black outfits. Jessica's wearing a leopard print beret for some reason. They look so (laughs) fucking good. I screamed. I absolutely love this so much. It's uh, it's it's just delightful, and apparently the reason that they could just let themselves in and a nice bit of continuity is that Jessica still had the keys from when she worked there when she was, I guess, Bruce's yeah. uh, event organizer. Oh, that's right. Yes, exactly. So Lila fantastically then says, "Yeah, now instead of breaking and entering, we're just entering." <laughs> <laughs> So they head to the machine and Lila has head torches, which are very impressive. Oh my God, she's ready. <laughs> and then they do a full sort of medical, uh, I don't know, operation style, um, surgery style Oh my God. It's job brilliant. on the machine. It's, it's so good. Yeah, like she's, they're all business. Lila's like, uh, scalpel, scalpel, tweezers, tweezers. <laughs> paper transplant paper transplant <laughs> so Jessica's handing each of these things and they're so funny they're like yes the operation was a success let's close her up and then like shake out walk away <laughs> it's so good all business brilliant it's delightful <laughs> so we cut back to the bowling alley where Todd admits that yeah he did want to make her jealous no fucking shit Todd <laughs> and she's like oh well it worked uh, they remember when they were last in the bowling alley after homecoming and she and Todd sneaked away from the others and danced to Sinatra tunes and Todd inexplicably says he didn't think Zach seems like her type. He's so Indiana Jones. Yeah, because famously but- no one fancies Indiana Jones. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, what's happening here? And then she says he's actually really smart. I mean, Indiana Jones is a doctor of <laughs> archaeology. Professor, what is happening here? Do they not know Indiana Jones? <laughs> like, one of the hottest men alive, also yes. super smart. Like, what's going yeah. on? <laughs> I mean, apart like, yes, he's a problematic fave oh, with his stealing stuff from from other countries and yes, keeping them in Western agree. regimes. But mm-hmm. at the same time, he is it's he's Harrison Ford at the peak of his hotness. He is Stop, like, like fucking hell. <laughs> like, literally one of the hottest people who's ever been in the film is Raiders era Harrison Ford. Yes, co-signed one hundred percent. Like I can't even go off on an Indiana Jones tangent, or we'll actually be here all day. <laughs> I mean, I think that film imprinted on me at an early age because he was definitely one of the first people I ever fancied in my entire life. (laughs) But uh, yeah, apparently he's like, he's nobody's type. Like, oh, Indiana Jones, what a dud. Sorry, what? What are you talking about? (laughs) Oh, so Zach in that pirate shirt and pantaloons wishes. (laughs) true so uh, but anyway apparently he graduated top of his class with a with an athletic scholarship so I guess he's in college like he has been in the Peace Corps and stuff so I don't know how old he's meant to be yeah I don't know Um, so anyway the guy who runs the bowling alley tells him that he's closing up and they realise they've uh, both lost their dates and the owner reveals that Amber and Zach left together with their bowling shoes on (laughs) yeah I guess neither of them are particularly bright (laughs) I guess they deserve each other. (laughs) We cut back to the moon beach where Winston and Manny are very pleased with their fortunes. 
Oh my God. Yes. Uh, they, they decide to go for broke again because Winston finally gets one that isn't blank. And he's like, okay, deadly. This one says uh, free dinner for four at the moon beach. And then Manny <gasps> gets his one and is delighted that it's not some cryptic nonsense like he's been getting up to now uh, because it says unlimited sodas for life. So suddenly this crowd just like rush to the, to the fortune machine and Bruce <gasps> is horrified. <gasps> yes, it's a sub. This is the paper transplant, obviously. And uh, <laughs> Bruce is basically like, oh, you know, it's this is sabotage. Um, but while he's he's denying that he'll give anybody the these magic vouchers, um, a cop who was drinking very prominently in the frame at the beginning mm. of this scene asks if he has a permit for this thing, and Bruce to Bruce too does not no so the cop starts listing off a load of nonsense he's like oh well that's a violation of code blah 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 blah. and if you don't honor these coupons that's false advertising which is punishable by and bruce panics and goes oh my god i'll honor them and i'll get my permit and i'll sort all this out please don't put me in jail (laughs) so the cop says he's going to let him off with a warning but he'll be back so bruce now has to uh to honor all these these free food coupons which is a pretty good revenge scheme in fairness by uh, by jess and lila like that is extremely good thinking on their part to uh to kind of screw bruce over at the same time uh mm. it's it's genius i loved it it is it is a genuinely good scheme mm. and on the way out unsurprisingly the sweet valley high police uh force is extremely corrupt because mm-hmm. uh on the way out he thanks lila for uh the cappuccino machine that her dad has given the station and yeah. uh, Lila says anytime, which mm-hmm. suggests that she has a long history of bribing the police. I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, they're delighted with themselves, and we jump forward in time a few days, I guess, and discover that the fortune telling machine has been turned into a sort of a terrarium. Yeah, there's like an iguana or something in it. So like, uh, is it Winston and Manny are looking mm. at it and they're like, oh, is that an iguana? What is it? <laughs> and yeah, they're like, oh, well, you know, I guess that's that. It kind of reminds me of that movie, Dinosaur Island or something, because there's all these little like tiny houses and trees and stuff in this terrarium yes. now. Is it a real iguana that's in there? I don't know. Uh, oh, it I seems like not. a weird, you would feel like he'd just get rid of the machine altogether but yes. instead yeah they've turned it into some weird diorama uh, so that's <laughs> the end up a lot of space honestly like I, I i don't understand why you'd still have it but anyway i guess it closes out the uh the <laughs> the fortune addictions of the town and uh, yeah that's that's the end of the fortunes for now anyway from this machine well bruce tells jessica and lila who are sitting in a booth that he knows they tampered with it and they said they'd never do anything like that and they never believed in stupid fortunes anyway and we see that under the table they they've still got their like horseshoes and other gimcracks which they're going to carry about with them at all times that's it yeah as they're saying all this i think yeah it, it pans to like under the table and lila's like frantically rubbing a horseshoe i think jessica has like a rabbit's foot or something yeah. uh so they're both like yeah just slightly panicking still obviously about their bad luck um but yeah then bruce is like well what do you think of my new promotion and lands a plate down in front of them because it's fortune cookies <laughs> oh it's a terrible sort of orientalist music oh God, plays. Yeah, of course it does yeah <laughs> and lila and jessica each reach for the plate of uh, cookies but then pull back in horror at the last minute <gasps> and that's the end of blood Rally. That's your freeze frame moment right there. So yeah, I mean, a weird episode, but enjoyable nonetheless. Indeed, that could be the that could be the description of many of them. I yeah, really doesn't narrow it down in fairness in terms of descriptive episodes. Well, listeners, let us know what you thought. Um, did you recognise Scott Foley? Uh, possibly, I would have if I had not been watching it on a phone next to my laptop. <laughs> Um, would do you share our disappointment in Todd returning to his old sullen ways? Oh, so surly, so aggressive, not enjoyable. Uh, well, I mean, he's just returning to form, and in fairness, <laughs> like the actor can do nothing with this. This is just the scripts. Mm, true. Yeah. Um, so do let us know what you think, Pi Beta Alpha Sisters. We do appreciate every single one of you for supporting the show. Uh, you had plenty of thoughts on the last episode. Um, <laughs> I did like Tizaloon's realisation. She said, I was singing along with her Chinesh to the theme to the song, as I often do. And it struck me how inaccurate it is, despite being a total banger. One always calls out to you. The other's shy and quiet. 
What? If Jessica calls out to you, you are either A, a hot 40-year-old masquerading as a high school boy. <laughs> or B, Cheryl when she first arrived. If you're anyone else, she'll just roll her eyes and call you a rude name. And Liz is neither shy nor quiet. How have I not noticed this before? Well, how have I not noticed this before, Tizaloon? Because I, I have it's, it's, you're the one singing it and yeah I have to say I've never really copped how uh, inaccurate that is before really obviously never thought about it enough <laughs> well speaking of things that we haven't noticed Pippi Ann Shirley uh, had some comments uh, her first was first beats eating cookie dough with the girls that's what uh, how Bruce described the slumber party oh yeah there is nothing that beats this said Pippi Ann Shirley honestly too Bruce too this is why you are a loser <laughs> <clears throat> and then she said, also, does anyone else think that maybe the ridiculous foiled nerd attack was a deliberate send off of the awful antics glamorized in 80s movies like Porky's and Revenge of the Nerd and Revenge of the Nerds? I just finished another episode of You Must Remember This, and I'm desperately looking for any kind of response to what was brought up a few episodes back in the current series about these films and their legacy. Now, I am really enjoying this series of uh, You Must Remember This, which is all about erotic films in the 80s and there's just a really insightful uh, critique mm. of um, of the genre and the episode about those awful films was brilliant and I had just listened to it a few weeks oh. ago so <laughs> um, I cannot believe I didn't notice the connections because I think that uh, Pippi and Shirley is entirely right yeah now that yeah now that you say it like it, it really does have that kind of vibe to it and yeah I've been meaning to actually catch up on this season of you must remember this because yeah it does sound like I mean it's always brilliant anyway but yeah this yeah. particular kind of 80s sexy movies kind of season does sound particularly cool it is uh strongly recommended to anybody who hasn't listened mm. before uh yeah Jen Cantrell 79 also was impressed by Bruce she said when two Bruce two walked up to Jessica in the hallway it took me a minute to remember who he is he's so forgettable <laughs> God. Well, this is the thing. Like, if he's not in an episode, you don't miss him. Like, it's mm. it's such a shame that they've kind of wasted the character like this. Well, some listeners were not impressed by the slumber party. Maria Teresa Biblioteca said, uh, one of my favourite things about Double Love is listening to you all puzzle over American things like Onion Dip or Home Moon or Fluffernutter or the US Postal System. <laughs> so many also, things. <laughs> as an American who was in high school in the early 1990s, I could say that this bunker slumber party does not resemble anything I ever experienced. But then again, I lived in Kentucky, didn't go to school dances, never had a boyfriend, and had parents who lived, both lived in my house with me. <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> so not Sweet Valley of you, my God. <laughs> oh, I mean, it sounds a lot more like uh, my own. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Claire PH also pointed out uh, so much discussion and shopping for decorations. Yet just before the party, Enid and Liz are in the house with barely any lights on and no decorations. Yes, where were the decorations? They made such a big deal out of it, then, then nothing. <sighs> See, I mean, that's just, I know the budgets are tight, but like mm. it could spring for some streamers. I mean, the budget sprang for a fucking fortune telling machine. So like, there I mean, be enough there for some <laughs> balloons. Leona was definitely not cheap. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, uh, Karen also, also posted uh, the video of Liz admitting that she'd like to be stuck in a desert island with Mr. I Collins. And <laughs> We knew it. <laughs> Linky Lou said, I hope there isn't a parent in earshot to hear that and report. Oh, wait, not a problem in Sweet Valley, as you were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so true. <laughs> well, Pi Beta Alpha sisters, do let us know what you thought about this week's episode, uh, because I think it, it was it was unusually chaotic. Um, and thank you for all your your good wishes about my my ailment. Um, hopefully, I will be in full voice by the time mm. we record the uh, the full episode next week. Yeah, you're going to need it for perfect summer. I'll tell you. Oh my god! <laughs> well, we hope that that will you've you've your appetite was whetted by the the little. Uh, well, I guess it wasn't a wasn't a recap, but we we listed some of the cast of Perfect Summer and. Mm. It's it's pretty much all the greats. <laughs> it is. It's 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 a good hit list. Yeah. And uh, we we I'm pretty sure there's going to be some good outfits because I know even in the in the opening pages Jessica is planning her holiday wardrobe. So Oh, you're right. Yeah. I think we'll uh, we'll have much to discuss. Mm. 
Yes. And I'll keep it I'll keep an inhaler to hand to make sure we <laughs> <laughs> oxygen. God. <laughs> I believe in you. You can do it. <laughs> I'll be pumped up with steroids and ventilin and God knows what else. <laughs> be so drugged up you won't know what's going on. <laughs> I mean, probably the best way to get through any of these books. <laughs> so thank you, Pi Beta Alpha Sisters. Uh, we will see you in the clubhouse in two weeks' time. Now, I just hope we're not going to get any more stupid Todd being angry because I just, I'm, I'm really... Um, I've reached the end of my tolerance for him at this stage. I think it was the brief moments where we thought those days were gone for good. They tricked us. Yeah, for sure. Because he just, he seemed really nice and really sound. And it was like, we he he won us over. Like, never saw it coming, but he actually managed it. And now he's reverted to form. And we're just so disappointed. We're not mad. We're disappointed. In fact, mm. no, wait, we're both. <laughs> <laughs> we can be both. Yeah. Well, next week's episode is called Like Water for Hot Dogs. I don't know what that's a reference to. Is that a Well, thing? it's like Water for Chocolate, oh. which is a book. Okay. I presume that's what it must be. Right. But uh, like Water for Hot Dogs sounds baby. <laughs> shoving hot dogs in girls' faces again oh! in this one? Because I hope not. Again, not a euphemism. Was literally shoving a hot dog in that <laughs> poor girl's face. <laughs> well, I don't know whether this will uh, have any actual hot dogs in it. I mean, the... Uh, the, the episode description says that Liz wonders if Todd will ask her out for their anniversary. He asks Ooh. advice from Lila, but when Elizabeth sees them together, she gets the wrong idea. Oh, uh, for fuck's sake. God, no. it's a misunderstandings no. one. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> God. Well, I think we're going to need perfect summer. Uh, to, <laughs> to sort of, you know, to, we could dive straight into another Liz and Todd misunderstanding Um it's just we've had enough recently. I don't think there are any in Perfect Summer, but I don't think so either. Yeah, no, I think that they're too preoccupied with being on bikes and evading bears and what have you. <laughs> <laughs> and Bruce being a dickhead. And I seem to remember there's some trouble between Mr. Collins and Ms. Dalton. <laughs> oh, so I think hopefully right. that will keep them occupied. Yeah, no, there's much higher stakes and more important things to be getting on with in Perfect Summer for sure. <laughs> well, we will discover what uh, misunderstandings ensue. I think we can predict them all already. <laughs> in the clubhouse next week, in two weeks' time, in Like Water for Hot Dogs. But we will see you in the main feed next week when we cycle into adventure. I'll definitely <laughs> have to have my inhaler. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> for a perfect summer see you then everybody <laughs> thanks for listening bye this show is part of the headstuff podcast network a hub for the creative and the curious shows are produced in association with headstuff and the podcast studios dublin find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com 